Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary. It's Fights in Football Friday. My name is Pierre Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, hit subscribe, like the video, leave a comment. If you are listening in podcast form, rate, review, subscribe wherever you can. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email this show, CouchPotatoDiary at Yahoo.com. Coming up on the show today, we run through every game on the week six NFL calendar, and we get ready for a couple of big fights that were scheduled this week in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Should be a fun one. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. All right, let's get into our week six previews. A pick per game. We start in London. Early morning game again as the Baltimore Ravens take on the Tennessee Titans. Ravens favored by four and a half points. The over-under sits at 41 and a half. Um, for the Baltimore Ravens, a really disappointing outing against the Pittsburgh Steelers last weekend where it felt like they were in control of that game, but a number of drops really cost them. They go up against the Tennessee Titans team that all the numbers across the board basically in the 20s. This has not been a team that has performed in the way that I thought they would. There have been some bright spots. Um, Tajay Spears has been really, really fun to watch, and um, D-Hop has been everything you would want from what they brought him in for. But aside from that, the defense once again has taken, uh, has not taken the step forward that I thought they would. On the Baltimore side, the numbers still look very good, especially on the defensive side. They're second in defensive EPA per play and second in defensive DVOA. Um, and then the offense is seventh. This is, I think, a pretty well-rounded team. And I, I think that Getting them at minus four and a half is pretty good value. If they would have beat the Steelers last week, I wonder if this would be a little bit higher. I'm going Baltimore minus four and a half, and that is going to be one of the picks that we click. Uh, Minnesota taking on Chicago. The Vikings favored by two and a half points. And when you look at this statistically, it's all real bad for Chicago. Um, 31st in defensive EPA per play, 29th in DVOA, 31st in defensive DP, uh, DVOA. Minnesota, it's basically mid across the board, although they are 12th in um, offensive DVOA. But the big news this week is that Justin Jefferson is out. I think that this is two ships kind of passing in the night. I, I think Chicago, with that Thursday night win, and now and uh, the extra rest coming into this one with extra time to prepare for Minnesota, now is on the rise a little bit. Not that they're a playoff team or anything like that, but I, I think Minnesota really starts to fall now without the dynamic Justin Jefferson there. I think Chicago can pull off the upset in this one, so I like the Bears, plus two and a half. Jacksonville is favored by three and a half in their game against Indianapolis. The Jags got, I think, a season-winning save, uh, sorry, season-saving win last week against the uh, the Buffalo Bills. They come into this one against a Colts team that will have Gardner Minshew in the lineup. Um, th this is one... I kind of like what the Colts have been doing, but I, I feel like last week was a turning point for Jacksonville. So we're not going to look on the stats in this one. We're going to go Jacksonville minus three and a half. Uh, the Seahawks taking on Cincinnati. This is such an intriguing game. The Bengals are favored by two and a half points. I think a lot of people are banking on um, Cincinnati being back after their win last week over the Arizona Cardinals. It's that last part that has me a little skeptical. It was against Arizona. And while there were signs of the old Bengals offense coming back, I still saw an offense that was a little bit stuck in the mud. And they were a little bit more aggressive in pushing the ball down the field, but still not where you would like them to be, in my opinion, anyway. So I think that against a better Seattle team, I think the Seahawks get it done. So I'm going Seattle plus two and a half. Carolina taking on Miami. Um, Carolina, I think, is the worst team in the league 
or one of them. And Miami might be one of the, or is certainly one of the best teams in the league. Not a whole lot to, to analyze here. The The Panthers offense has been putrid and will not be able to keep up with Miami. It's a lot of points to give up, but I'm going Dolphins minus 14. Uh, New Orleans taking on Houston. Another interesting one. The Saints favored by a point and a half. Over under in this game sits at 42 and a half. The Saints defense has been the straw that stirs the drink for them. Their 10th in efficiency based on their 5th ranked defense. The offense sits at 23rd. While Houston, it's all in the middle. 13th, 15th, 16th, 15th, 18th. They, they have been better than I thought they would be. I feel like against this young quarterback and this young offensive group that this Saints defense is probably going to have a field day. Like, the the Texans have admittedly looked a lot better than I think people thought they would. They haven't faced a defense really like New Orleans. So I, I think that the Saints defense is going to give Houston a lot of problems. Like I said, fifth in efficiency. They're third in defensive EPA per play. There's just not going to be a lot there. I think this is going to be a lesson for CJ Stroud. So I'm going New Orleans minus a point and a half, and that's one that I'm clicking on. San Francisco taking on the Cleveland Browns. The total is set at 36 with San Francisco nine-point favorites. If you do the math, that's not a whole lot of points implied to the Cleveland Browns. That is because their quarterback, Deshaun Watson is probably going to be out uh, once again this week. This defense kind of got handed to them uh, a couple of weeks ago. They now come into this one against a San Francisco team that is rolling. We have seen, on occasion, teams that win in blowout fashion come back the next week and kind of get humbled a little bit. I don't think San Francisco is going to fall into that. Again, a lot of points to give up, but we're going San Francisco minus the nine. Flipping the notebook over here. Oh. Full on have to do the, uh, there we go. Uh, Washington taking on Atlanta. The Falcons favored by two and a half points. The over-under sits at 42 and a half. Um, Washington, I was surprised to see statistically, it has been bad so far this year. All the, the rankings that I go through on these were in the 20s. While Atlanta, um, about the same, that this is not going to be an overly competitive football game. Desmond Ritter is coming off of one of his best outings as a quarterback, and he just doesn't lose at home. I... I just think Atlanta's a touch better than Washington, so we're going the Falcons, minus two and a half. New England taking on Vegas. This one could be it for the Patriots. They are underdogs going into Allegiant Stadium, right? That's what it's called. Uh, two and a half point underdogs. Uh, 41 and a half is the total. They are the Patriots. 32nd in the league. There are 32 teams in EPA per play real bad. They're 28th in offensive DVOA. The defense is 12th, but that defense has lost some pieces. On the Raiders side, um, the both games they've won this year, they've scored 17 points in. This is not a high-powered offense going up against a still pretty good but banged up New England defense. I do think the Raiders just have a bit too much for New England in this spot, so I'm going to go Raiders minus two and a half. Philadelphia taking on the New York Jets. The Eagles are six and a half point favorites. The over-under is at 40 and a half. Philadelphia, sixth in EPA per play. Their defense ranks second in that, while the Jets have certainly struggled. And the defense that was said to be able to, to carry them to the promised land is right in the middle of the league. Well, close to the middle of the league anyway, at 15th. I... I feel like there is maybe a bit buying into what Philadelphia was able to do defensively last week against Denver and what they were able to do offensively a couple of weeks ago against Kansas City. I think this is going to be one of those real ugly back-down-to-earth games for the Jets. I think the Eagles 
absolutely annihilate them. I think Philadelphia is starting to figure some things about, out about themselves. So I'm going to go Eagles minus six and a half. Arizona taking on the Rams. Uh, LA favored by six and a half points with a total of 48 and a half. Look, the Rams are a team that has been better than I anticipated this year. And they get Cooper Cup back. This is going to be an offense that continues to expand and continues to grow. Defensively, they, they've had some struggles. But on the Arizona side of things, it, it's been better than people thought. Like, they still have the 10th ranked offense in terms of DVOA and 12th in EPA per play. But I think last week, we kind of saw the bubble burst on that. It's going to take more than just trying hard every week. The longer, like, it's, it is a, a short sample size for sure. But 17 games does have a way of exposing things. And I think we're seeing that now with Josh Dobbs as the league and especially division rival here gets more tape on, on Arizona. I think the Rams win this one quite handily. I'm going Rams minus six and a half. Uh, oh, I have a couple notebooks here. Uh, going to Detroit, taking on Tampa Bay. It is the Lions favored by two and a half points. This is such an intriguing matchup to me. You have a Lions team that everyone is getting behind right now going up against a Bucks team who I'm getting behind right now. Um, statistically, a lot of the stats do favor Detroit. But like I said before, I just need to see it against someone who's not Green Bay or Carolina. Uh, Green Bay on a short week or Carolina. I, I need I need legitimate wins to take you seriously. Um, not that Tampa Bay has been swimming in those, but uh, th this team has been better than anticipated. I think they're going to be better in this one. I think Tampa Bay wins this one outright, but I will take the two and a half points. And we go to Sunday night. It is the New York Giants taking on the Buffalo Bills. Bills favored by 15 and a half. It sounds like Terod Taylor is going to get the start at quarterback for the New York Giants this week with Daniel Jones dealing with some injuries. Um, boy, they better hope he's not better than like that this offense all of a sudden starts moving because um, that would create quite the controversy out in New York. But we have seen so far this year, Buffalo has treated bad teams like bad teams. It, it, this is a big one, 15 and a half points, but I'll take it. Uh, I will give up 15 and a half points. I am going with Buffalo. Uh, again, minus the points. So that is the rundown of what I think is going to happen this Sunday in the NFL. Let's get to the UFC. Two big fight announcements this week as UFC 294 gets altered greatly um, for next weekend. We will start in the main event as Islam Makashev will no longer be facing Charles Oliveira. It will now be against Alexander Volkanovsky. This is so much fun. Um, Volkanovsky, I thought, won their first fight. If nothing else really showed up in that fight uh, against Islam Makashev. Now, Three months removed from hand surgery, he's stepping in on two week no two weeks notice to face the champion in the weight class above where he usually fights. Massive, massive respect for Alexander Volkanovsky. Couple of things this tells you about him. One, the dude is a maniac. Um, th th there's no questioning that. But I, I have said before, I think he has a grasp on this sport that very few others have. I do wonder if he knows that after 25 minutes in the cage, I can get this guy. And I'm not saying he would say no if he didn't, because it just seems like the way he is wired. But I do feel like in a second about here that Alex Volkanovsky is going to, to be able to beat Islam Makashev. Now, I would be saying that for sure if it was a full training camp. But as previously stated, this certainly is not. Now, do I think that um, Volkanovsky 
was probably training with this in mind. Probably. Um, I don't know how much like actual training has been done because he's been dealing again with a surgically repaired hand, but th this is such a major move. And you, you look at these two fights now, instead of Makashev against Charles de Bronx and Hamzat Shemaev against Paulo Costa, we now have this fight and then Kamaru Usman stepping, uh, stepping in to take on uh, Hamzat. I like this card infinitely better now. Like, this is the, the old wrestling adage where, like, okay, we're taking something away. We need to, like, come over to the top with something big. They have. Um, that Like, you have basically, once again, a second fight now for who is the pound-for-pound pound king in the UFC, and you have Kamaru Usman stepping up to 185 pounds with the path cleared with no Israel Adesanya, um, facing Hamzat Shemaev in a title eliminator in the middleweight division, a fight that a lot of people were anticipating would be for gold at 170 pounds, now is for an opportunity at gold at 185. I would favor both of these fighters in a bout against Sean Strickland, so this is a major opportunity for both of them, and I am, again, impressed by Usman taking a, a fight at a bigger weight class in um, in short order to, to go in and, and try to be competitive, but for Hamzat, he has... Certainly comfortable fighting at this weight class. This just makes this whole fight card so much more intriguing. But this is also where the UFC and how they have handled things takes a bit of the luster off of it. And look, I, I think the pay-per-views are still going to be fine. I think there's going to be a lot of butters for this coming up next week. But when I saw um, Usman against Hamzat is a title eliminator at 185 pounds, most of the reactions I saw were... That doesn't mean anything. It's the UFC. They're just going to pick whoever's handy at the time. Um, and Makashev against Volkanovsky, people are saying, look, this is great. Volkanovsky is stepping up for the UFC. And it's too bad that if he loses, he's not going to get another shot. More talk coming into this fight has been about what the Ultimate Fighting Championship isn't than what the Ultimate Fighting Championship is. And that's a, a real downer for them right now. Also, um... Dana White's pissed. Apparently, USADA said, yeah, we're not going to be um, in business with the UFC uh, after 2023. Dana is like, well, that's news to me. Um, so th there's going to be a lot coming out around this. Apparently, the, the straw that broke the camel's back was the, the UFC's handling of getting Conor McGregor back in the USADA testing pool to, to get him ready for a, a fight in 2024. Um, look, Drug testing in sports is not a hill that I'm I'm going to die on. Um, I, I don't care if you hit a baseball a little bit further because you took this thing. You still have to hit the baseball. The one area where it does make me a little uncomfortable is in the world of combat sports. Because it's not hitting a baseball further. It's hitting another human being in the head uh, a little bit harder. And that can lead to dangerous, life-altering repercussions. And so this is one where I, I kind of like, yeah, okay, you should probably do some drug testing here. Even though it's basically been a sham the, the whole time. It, it is always um, just more of an intelligence test than anything else. And it, it does feel like... Um, testing is always just like one step behind or a couple of steps behind where actual drug users are. But the one thing about this that has always been frustrating is that the UFC was just like, here, take it. And now they're going with another institute. I forget what it's called. And they're just like, yeah, we're doing this. This is the one of the major, one of the many issues that the UFC has with their, their treatment of fighters. Fighters can be tested at like three in the morning if they're on vacation somewhere. Like, that there is an absolute invasion of privacy that they kind of just have to agree with that they didn't. Like, there's no collective bargaining. They're all independent contractors. Um, and so that the UFC fighters didn't get a little bit extra for people coming around taking their blood at random times or anything like that. And they had no say in the matter in the next one. It's just, yeah, we're placing it with another one. Like, it is 100% bully tactics from the UFC. And... 
it's just, it's another example of how this company does not treat their independent contractors appropriately. So, bummer note to end the show on, but that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, hit subscribe, hit that like button, leave a comment if you agreed or disagreed with anything I said on this show today. Um, podcast form, rate, review, subscribe wherever you can. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email the show, Diary at yahoo.com. Coming up on the show next week, NBA previews continue. Um, we will talk on Monday about how right I was about everything in the end. NFL and baseball playoffs will be hitting full swing. Hockey is going on. So much to get excited about. So much to talk about when I do next time with you here on Couch Potato Diary. Thank you all so much.